Welcome to the New Books Network. I'm your host, Natalie Pearson, and I'm also Curriculum Coordinator here at the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre at the University of Sydney. In June and July this year, 2023, over the Australian winter intensive period, SIAC ran not one but five multidisciplinary field schools to Southeast Asia. Over six weeks, we took 88 students from 16 different disciplines to five different countries. Funded by the New Colombo Plan, these short-term mobility programs are our flagship offering for undergraduate students at the University of Sydney. Over the years, SIAC has taken hundreds of students to Southeast Asia to learn about issues that lend themselves to a multidisciplinary approach. We've looked at topics as diverse as urbanisation in Vietnam, women's empowerment in Indonesia, and water in Singapore. We try to make our field schools as multidisciplinary as possible, with at least three different faculties or schools represented on each field school. The Urbanisation Field School, for example, had students from urban planning, medicine, and development studies. These field schools have a powerful effect on students. They are challenging, demanding, and intensive. They are also immensely rewarding, giving students their first taste of what it is like to do collaborative research and think beyond their discipline. For many students, it is their first time in Southeast Asia. And even for those who have been to the region before, being a student researcher on a multidisciplinary field school is vastly different to visiting as a tourist. Many students continue their engagement with the region through employment, research, or simply through the friendships they made on the field school, both with other University of Sydney students and with local students in country. And there is always at least one student on a field school who has that completely transformational, eye-opening experience, where their goals and priorities shift and something seems to click for them. Suddenly, they have clarity about what they want to do and who they want to be. We're immensely proud of them, the field schools and the students. So we thought we'd share some of their brilliance through this special SEAC series on our five most recent field schools and the transformation that occurs when undergraduates are given the opportunity to work across disciplines and across cultures. Hi, I'm Sonja van Wichle, Deputy Director of the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre and one of the leaders of the 2023 SEAC Field Schools. In today's special field school podcast, we will be talking with students and staff from the field school to Indonesia, which focused on the issue of social justice, and in particular on issues relating to disability, religion, and gender and sexuality. This field school was offered to students from law, political economy, geography, gender and cultural studies, and Indonesian and Asian studies. I am joined by my co-leader, Dadung Muktiono and two students, Bella and Sam. So, Sam and Bella, it would be great if you could introduce yourselves to the listeners, tell us your name and your disciplinary background, and what you are majoring in. Hi, I'm Bella. I'm a fourth-year politics and international relations student. I major in visual arts, but I've also previously done Indonesian studies. This is my first time ever going to Southeast Asia. Hi, I'm Sam, current honours student in geography, but I also do political economy, and this was also my first time going to Southeast Asia. So let me start off by asking, why did you apply for this field school and what were your expectations? I applied because to me it felt like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to 
travel and experience like people and other cultures and more of the world that wouldn't otherwise be possible due to like whatever expenses um because this was a scholarship it enabled me to like have those connections that I didn't think I'd ever be able to like experience yeah I was hoping to go over to Indonesia to do my honors field work mm. but because of covid I had any previous overseas fieldwork experience as part of my degree and I kind of wanted to I guess rapidly acquire those skills in preparation and also familiarize with myself with a country and culture that I guess I was going to be investigating so that was my primary motivation and maybe also to catch up on some fun that I'd missed out on because of COVID. COVID. <laughs> Thanks Sam and Bella. Wonderful. Just for the listeners, we have Bella and Sam in person in our SIAC office, but Dadung is joining us from Indonesia. So Dadung, you're at the tail end of your PhD at the University of Sydney and moved back to Indonesia after living in Sydney for quite some time. You have a lot of experience teaching Indonesian students in Indonesia and Australian students in Australia. So for you, what was it like to run a field school with Australian students in your home country? Thank you, Sonia. To me, it was like one of the best experiences that I've ever had. It's tiring, but then it is also fun at the same time. I mean, like different. I mean, like when you teach like Australian students in Australia, you just explain something, discuss the topics, materials with the students. But when we brought the Australian students to Indonesia, it means that like you explain the context of the issues, but then you also let them to experience them by themselves. So they will have like immediate experience, the first-hand experience that, all right, so this is kind of things that I read in the book. And now I can see it directly. I can hear it directly from the doers, from the people who are being marginalized and so on. So, yeah, it's starting because like you explain it on the field, but then you are also happy that, see, this is Indonesia. And then like you let the Australian students to experience, to hear the direct stories, like from the NGOs, from the academias that we have discussed with. I think that's my opinion, Sonia, about like running the uh, the field school with Australian students in Indonesia. Great, Dadung. Yes, I agree with you that it's not only an intellectual experience to tell them about knowledge around social justice in Indonesia through the NGOs or through the universities that we've visited, but that it's also a visceral, a very embodied experience and that, you yeah. know, we're we're also letting students have very personal experiences with their encounters, yeah. whether it's cultural or also in terms of knowledge practices, the different kinds of knowledge practices that yeah. exist in Indonesia. So, Bella, we did a week-long language training in Yogyakarta. How was this experience for you? Can you share more generally your experience working across culture on this field school? Yeah, so I have um, already initially had a bit of language training when I did Indonesian studies earlier in my degree. But what I found was incredible was when I went over there and then I was like relearning these like language structures and words, which I might have even have forgotten. It felt like so much more accessible and exciting because we were getting the foundations for like how to speak and connect with people, but then actually connecting with 
like just anyone around us. So I think I finally understood language in a way that I had never when I was studying it in first year because I was experiencing it and like being with language and using it to, yeah, like interact with the world around me. Yes. And in addition to working across culture, the field schools are multidisciplinary. So Sam, maybe I'd like to ask you, what did you learn about your own discipline from working with other disciplines? So I, I do political economy and geography, but within geography, I'm much more oriented towards, I guess, political economic geography. So I'd say that's more my disciplinary expertise. And I actually found working with my discipline quite frustrating over there because in general, I would say political economy is quite focused on structures and sort of big picture thinking, very empirical and quantitative often. And the research project that we were conducting was quite intimate, I would say, very focused on personal experience, the way that people construct meaning for themselves. And I found my disciplinary training quite, I don't want to say inadequate, but I felt a little bit ill-equipped. So I was quickly introduced, I guess, to the borders and limitations of the methods that I was familiar with. And working with other people who, well, our Indonesian student was experienced in qualitative methods through their training, through their honors project that they were working on, I guess, got to learn a lot from them about conducting culturally specific research and I guess more intimate research, and then trying to think about how that fits into a broader picture. But it meant that on the ground, on the day-to-day -day conducting research was very difficult, but very interesting afterwards trying to see how that fit into a global picture or a, a national picture or the way that the global, the national, the local all interact. Mm. So I thought that was really interesting. And fun. also probably the whole problem around agency and structure that you know about theoretically, yeah. but then you see it in front of you happening, which is kind of exciting, I'm assuming. And did you have the feeling that you finally had the chance to do some interdisciplinary work or cross-disciplinary work with the colleagues that you had over there? Yeah, well, one of the, I had to write a something earlier this year about the way that we combine methods as part of my honors. And I guess I got to experience that directly. And the way some of the papers I was looking at described it was combining methods like a collage, rather than trying to figure out one specific thing, put together a bunch of different findings and seeing where they interact, where they don't interact, where they contradict, where they support one another. And it kind of felt a bit like that working with different disciplines, I thought. Yeah, unification was a bit hard, but telling a broad story was a lot more achievable and still very interesting. Yeah, cross-disciplinary or interdisciplinary work is hard work. It's very frustrating at times. But then when you get to that point where you can put things together, it's so rewarding to see indeed that bigger picture. Thanks, Sam. Dadong, I'd like to go to you. And you have been so super instrumental in brokering a lot of the visits that we did in Yogyakarta to NGOs, to religious organizations that work on social justice issues. So the views of these local networks on social justice are really vital to the success of the program, I find. So how do you think these organizations have experienced the visits by students? Thank you, Sonia. I believe like 
gain like a lot of benefits uh, from being visited by students throughout our field school. I mean, like before we went to the field school, like prior to the field school, when I contacted especially Patayat and the Pesantren Warrior, at first, like they were doubtful whether um, they were like the right organizations to visit because of the uh, language barrier. But then I tried to convince them that we will help with sort of like interpreting on the site. And then they finally agreed, like after the several days of communicating with them. One thing that I noticed, like when we, especially when we visited the NGOs, how excited, how enthusiastic they were when they shared their stories. Just like you and Sam discussed in terms of the agency, having been able to hear their stories that might be unheard by the dominant groups in general public, like for example, the SICAP, the disability NGOs that we visited, and then the Santren Waria, due to their quote-unquote differences, their voices are left unheard. But then when we visited them, we could see how basically they have empowered themselves, but their empowerment are never shared to the public because the public might undermine these groups because of the differences that they have. They were excited to finally see that, look, there are still people out there who would like to share, who would like to hear the, our stories. Mm -hmm. And then it also gives like sort of like students the agency produced by these NGOs, by these marginalized groups, and then to grasp that the meaning that they produce, like for example, when we visited the Patayat NU, we can hear about the concept of Islam, the moderate Islam that they have promoted, and also how they move or they operate in the realm of genders that in a Western conception of Islam might be seen as something impossible to happen in Islam. But then we can hear the stories directly how the women's movement within the Nahdlatul Ulama, how these groups perceive Islam and then intersect gender in Islam. And to show the empowerment of women, the role of women that can be done and these things sometimes could not be done by the men in Islam. So it is very interesting to see this idea to come out and then seeing the students to be enthusiastic and then come up with questions to them. So yeah, after the field school, I communicated with the, uh, the Fatayat and the Pesantren Waria. They said like, they thanked us for visiting them they were happy to have us. And then they would like to see us in the future again to discuss more of things because like it is always useful to exchange ideas because they also found like during the discussions with the Patayat, like some students came up with a question like, oh, are you possible like to do movement in this area? And then like the people from Pataya told me, yeah, we are thinking about that. And then we might plan to do it on the next year. So it's, it's good to see something can be resulted from our visit and from our discussions. I see 
mutual exchange, mutual symbiosis, if I can say, mutual benefit. That's great to hear, Dadung. Yes. So it's funny that it's it's been what I've heard so transformational for the students, but we never ask for feedback or how the students there have experienced the field score or how the participating NGOs or universities have experienced it. And indeed, in many other ways, it could be beneficial for them too, in terms of projecting indeed what you said, a form of agency, but also the capacity to indeed not only share information, but share knowledge practices, as we talked about earlier, to share how things are probably viewed also differently compared to how mm -hmm. we've experienced it here in Australia, uh, whether we're talking about religion or disability, social justice in general. So that has been quite a mutual learning from each other whether we're talking about bias or knowledge sharing. Yeah, yeah, that's like the proper words that I'm looking for. <laughs> the mutual learning, yeah. Sam and Bella, back to you. So our program worked together with scholars and students from Universitas Gajah Mada, UGM, a strategic partner of the University of Sydney. So Sam and Bella, what was your experience working together with students from UGM? What struck you as different or as the same compared to working with your peers in Sydney? I feel like our experience with the Indonesian students echoes everything that we've just been talking about. The same like symbiosis I feel like was felt among us, but maybe at a more intimate level because it was just kind of friends in a room sharing ideas over like lunch. But I think I was even surprised at the similarity even in what we were talking about. Well, he was talking about class in Malaboro Street. And then in the same way that I would over lunchtime with my friends in Sydney talk about like class on the North Shore or something. So it was just so like interesting seeing just how similar we were in an art, like small little worlds, like in entirely different like regions. Do you mean that you were both able to make a sociological analysis around class, but then in different locations, one in the North Shore and one somewhere in Malaboro? Yeah, I think I was just surprised just like how we were thinking along the same lines, but also just like the same things happening here in Sydney, also there in like Jogja, just obviously at different levels. I think what also surprised me as a difference was a student also had a lot of constraints with the local government about, I think, what he can and couldn't say in his research essay, mm. which we were really interested at because that wasn't something we ever experienced at like Sydney University. Yeah, so I was working with Bella and also this same Indonesian student and it was really great. The intensity of the sort of two-week and then one-week research period really aided, I think, conversation and getting to know one another. And the thing on Ismada was able to talk about in local council research was very interesting because we became aware of how certain concepts can be treated very differently and understood very differently across borders. So he was deploying Marxist analysis of class. And of course, Indonesia has a very fraught history when it comes to Marxism and communism. So I guess that came out very slowly. And I think it was very fun and interesting, slowly learning more about the difficulties and challenges of deploying methods that we maybe wouldn't think twice about using to conduct research on very similar questions. And on a sort of more personal level, it was really fun working with devout Muslim because 
five times a day, he'd be like, well, I need to go pray and we'd have to stop work and wait for him to go. And sometimes he would go to the little prayer room in the hotel, but other times he'd want to go somewhere a bit larger. And so we got to sort of experience be taken on his journey and like his life, I guess. We got to be involved in that in a way that I think we would not have had if it wasn't for this intensity, short period. Yeah, I felt like almost being around Ismata so much kind of inspired me a little, like seeing him like being so devout but also grounded and present throughout our day and like so like relaxed um, but also like so hardworking. Like I was kind of like, man, I need to take out five minutes like he does every couple of hours <laughs> and just remember what I'm grateful for. Did it change your views on, say, Islam or Muslim practice not being as much acquainted with it here on a daily basis as you were in those two weeks in Indonesia? Yeah, I can definitely say for me, like, I didn't realize that I might have had maybe even negative preconceptions about, like, Islam when I went over. Like, I thought I like, knew about it and I knew about, like, communities and their beliefs, but then you go over there and it's like a really different world to be immersed in. I feel like I almost spiritually kind of grew being around that environment because it was just so immersive and I understood it at such a more community-driven human level and I don't feel like I would have gotten that experience maybe at least where I was in Sydney. Well I grew up in a very secular household but my school did have a lot of Muslims so I was a little bit familiar with some Muslim practice but as I learned Muslim practice in Africa is very different to the Middle East, it's very different to Indonesia. It was very fun learning about different cultural interpretations and strict adherence practices uh, across the world but I also felt that it helped ground me in a different place. Like hearing the call to prayer really made you go, wow, I'm in a different place that has very different values. And that was exciting. And as someone who is, I guess, has always been pretty removed from religion, it was interesting to see how it can be such an intense part of someone's life, but also second nature. Like, I guess Ismada would just, oh, guys, need to go. And then we're like, all right, <laughs> see you soon. Yeah, didn't sort of think twice about it, but still very important. I find it also so remarkable how easily we get used to it. Mm -hmm. And it becomes part of our daily life in a way that wouldn't necessarily see how that would take place when we're in a completely different context like in Australia. And that it's easy to go with that different flow when you're there and living that life there. Thank you for sharing those stories. That's really, really beautiful. Dadung, I'd like to go to you again. When we okay. recruited the Indonesian students, we had a meeting with them to prepare them for the visit. What were some of the points you thought they really needed to know before their intensive few weeks working together with Australian students? The first and foremost is like, the program itself and also the expectations that we would like to have from them, their participations in the program. I mean, like, because it is important to know, for examples, all right, how long the program will be, and then how long you are expected, for examples, to be with us, to be with the groups in a day, for examples, on in a certain day or certain days and other days. And hence, like, they could organize their schedule very well so they would not put on good miss us uh, important sessions for examples that could help 
basically themselves. Like for example, in doing the research project on the last week. And then another point is like more, more on the personal things, like for example, the confidence and the uh, courage that we discussed during the meeting, how confident they are in communicating with students from different backgrounds. And then also how they could initiate the communications to bridge cultural barriers, different cultural background between them. And then to create sort of like Bella and Sam said, like intimate level that can enable them to do things together because we were doing this program like in a very intensive two weeks programs. Another thing that for me important is like open mind, because again, you see someone's or group of students from different cultural background, social backgrounds and other backgrounds. And then you might need to think that, all right, those people might have different views about lives, about things from me. So that's why I should be able to accept that. And then making it as a topic of discussions to have sort of like productive dialogue of meaning making of daily life practices, for example, that can, again, enable the interactions between local and global. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. Um, the Australian students had a day of preparation before they uh, yeah. came to Indonesia. And I remember really vividly that we had that hour with the Indonesian students and you've really given them such a good context in which to understand some of the encounters that they will have with the Australian students. And I yeah. thought that was really striking, not only in terms of, you know, the personal encounters that they will have with different kinds of lifestyles, but also some of the values that will clash and how we shouldn't be afraid of them, but see it as an opportunity to be able to discuss those with each other. And I, and I think yeah. that was so successful during the two weeks that we had, that we were able to um, discuss most of those issues with, uh, with everyone that was yeah. there. Dadung, you, you mentioned the intensity of the program, and I think everyone yeah. agrees that it was so super intense in so many ways, on so many levels. And not everything went well, of course, because, you know, yeah. when you have such an intensive week, um, you also have real challenges. So, Bella and Sam, I just wanted to ask you what challenges did you face on the field school? And how did you overcome them? Well, I think if you wanted a discussion of challenges, we were the wrong people to ask because <laughs> out of all groups, perhaps, I think we were maybe the chillest. Um, <laughs> but you had your fair share, share of challenges though, right? That's true. We, I'm yeah. just thinking of you being sick the first week, for instance. That's true. I was taken out of commission for five days, which <laughs> was very unfortunate. And we saw the inside of a hospital, an Indonesian hospital. I, I did see the inside of a hospital. Yeah, maybe I just had suppressed that part, you know, allowing <laughs> the positive to come forward. Or maybe you didn't forward. see it as that much of a bad experience. I don't know. Well, maybe I'll sort of speak to, I guess, how it revealed something about the field school and the people on it. I'd missed five days and I came out the other side with not a lot of memories because I was delirious and <laughs> very sick. 
but I'd been looked after by so many people, people checking in on me, bringing me gastrolite, taking me to hospital, making sure I had water, making sure I needed, if I needed anything that they could get it, go to the shops to pick it up, making sure my phone was charged so that I could call people if required. And then coming out of that, having been looked after, jumping into a group was really no problem. And I wasn't made to feel like I'd missed a whole bunch of stuff. And I guess, yeah, that was amazing. Like I, I was caught up within hours and, you know, cheered on when I went to breakfast, <laughs> looking like an absolute mess. So that was excellent. I guess it was a challenge, but made far easier by the people I was with and their generosity and care. Yeah, I feel like we all um, had our own like different personal challenges and also like challenges as groups or just as a group of students who like have all come together over this like specific thing. But I think, yeah, what Sam's saying is that the way that we did deal with it was this kind of resilience and this kind of community coming together. And it was really lovely to see people supporting each other and being there for each other and just like connecting. And I feel like we all got like quite close and like were really there for each other in ways of dealing with our different challenges. What is the best thing that you gained from this experience? If you look back now. I just feel like this whole experience has just changed me as a person because I understand life differently and I understand people differently because, you know, you learn about Indonesia in textbooks or you learn about the language in like a language class or however like that experience is. But when you go over there, you are connecting with people and being with people. And I feel like it kind of almost like creates this like link this almost like human universal link that wouldn't have been understood previously like if I'm to try and describe it it's almost like some of the wonderful like women we met at NGOs they just weren't like women like to me they reminded me of like my mother or like my grandmother or like some of my friends or like I don't know the Indonesian students we met they would remind me of people I know on campus so it felt like this more kind of human connection that that was made that's kind of made me change how I think about people living around the world everywhere and how we're all just really like the same people. I think my answer speaks a little bit to that as well. Doing my research project for honours before going over, you know, Indonesia was kind of an abstract place. I chose it based on my supervisor's expertise and I guess I was very interested in maybe going over to a place that was nearby, seeing, you know, what our nearest neighbours' cultures are like. Cultures plural, as I, as I learned, it's a very extraordinarily diverse place. And I guess at university, when you're reading books, writing essays, everything's quite abstract. And I think coming back from the field school, I felt like a greater sense of obligation to, I guess, do my research properly with perform the due diligence because it's a real place. It's a huge place with where things have consequences. It's not abstract and you've experienced the materiality of the place. Yeah, and I guess I have a, a greater sense of obligation and commitment that I think I would have lacked had I not gone over over there. Not to add on to when I'm only meant to pick one thing, but that also just reminds me of like, I feel like as well for me, like it has for you, Sam, it's changed my way of like looking at like learning and like things that we're taking in, in like academics. Like I'd never thought about honors before because it just like didn't make sense to me I didn't understand it and then after this project you just like you understand it and you understand your weight of even just like writing an essay like what you're actually doing and how you're contributing to the world and how whatever you're talking about is a real issue lived by someone and even though that's all like known literally like to experience it and like 
like sit at coffee with someone who is like living that reality. It was just something that's irreplaceable. Dadung, from your perspective, and you're working again in Indonesian academia, in Erlanga University, what are some of the benefits of field schools such as these for Indonesian institutions and the students involved? Yeah, thank you, Sonia. It should be very good. I mean, like very beneficial for Indonesian universities, for example. The first thing is like the Australian students, they should be able to get first-hand experience on those groups whose voices are often unheard. And this can be a potential research topic or community service program uh, for these universities or for these institutions. To me personally, for example, having discussion with SIGAP, the NGOs focusing on disability, knowing that, again, the use of term disability instead of disability, sort of like empowering meaning to them, because by choosing or preferring the word, the term disability or disabled, it means that I are also able, like other people, but we perform it differently. They think of themselves as being able to perform the same work as other people, but in a different way, for example. So this is a good point to start, like for example, for Indonesian institutions working on the issues with disability. This could be a good entrance for them. And then try to, for example, introduce this term in a national level. Because to me, most people are still familiar with the term disabilitas or disability instead of disable or disabilitas. And this needs to be promoted more in national levels. And also our visit to Pesantren Waria, for example, this should also provide them with sort of like how the dimension of religions should not be perceived by people from gender binaries. But then look how religions is owned by people who have different gender performance, sex, different sexual orientations, and so on. And how then they should be able to see how then these people, this group of people, can produce meaning within the religions and how they can also navigate themselves within the religious aspects, religious practices, that for some people, they might not think about that before. So there were a lot of cross-fertilization in terms yeah. of the social justice issues that we raised, right? Uh, yeah, and this was, yeah. this was eye-opening for the students who did the fieldwork in Yogyakarta, but even also vis-a-vis the NGOs and the, and the people yeah, yeah. there in terms of having similar experiences, eye-opening yeah. experiences when they bring in the other, the other concepts that relate to social justice. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yes, yeah. yes. That was my experience too. It's great to see ideas cross-fertilize each other and open up space to be thinking differently about them. Exactly, yes. Especially like for the students, some of them, they do not know if these issues of social justice does exist. They just knew when we, for example, visited Pesantren Waria, some of them, they do not know about the Pesantren Waria and, and they could experience immediately, directly that, okay, this is how then 
this group of people, transgender people, experience religion, they have had like difficult access to religious places, but then there is a safe haven then, and then they could exercise their rights to do uh, the religious worship practices, for example. So it is good to, to know their sharings about the social injustice by taking them to quote unquote, the actors, NGOs, organizations working on the social justice, it can, like what you said, it can be an eye opening for them mm -hmm. to finally understand, look, this thing might be a common thing to me, but then this could be the unfair experience for the different group of people. So I'm coming to my last question already, and I would like to ask Bella and Sam. So there's, you know, many students who will embark on a mobility program and they will ha have no clue what's in store for them. They will have no idea of what they will encounter, what they will experience. So if there's any kind of advice that you could give those students, what... Yeah, what would that be? What would you want to give them in terms of advice or tips uh, before they embark on their mobility experience? I know you asked for one, but I would like to give two. Absolutely. So the first one is I would say yes to everything asked of you. If someone's going out one night, say yes. If there's an optional trip to somewhere, say yes. If, you know, something gets raised in an interview where it turns out that you can go to some kind of unadvertised event, say yes, go to that. Those will be the most memorable and interesting and eye-opening experiences that you have on the whole field school. Because is that what you have experienced yourself? Directly, yeah. Were you happy that you said yes to all of the requests? Yeah, absolutely take every opportunity. There was an unadvertised secret party that we were invited to by one of our interview participants. And that was awesome. We got to see a non-academic side of life to the way, I guess, a marginalized group lives their life in a sort of celebratory and exciting way. Uh, so instead of, you know, the heartache of the HIV AIDS crisis, we got to see the best parts, some of the most exciting parts of I guess, the gay experience in Indonesia, uh, for some people at least. And that was an absolute privilege that we would have missed out on. We'd said no to that invitation. And the second thing I would say is remember that you're doing your project, but you're also there to experience a culture and a country, and not all of that experience will come through doing your project. Take the time to sit in a cafe and, and read a book to have conversations with the people that you meet, to practice your Indonesian with a street vendor, because that will also be really memorable. I really agree with Sam on that. I also love an advertised event too. But that last point about um, sometimes like the like most meaningful things are just the moments in between like lunch and your next class. So I just yeah encourage people to really embrace like the the life around you and like look for those little moments because they're they're absolutely everywhere when you like look for them and like you also will be challenged because it is like 
of course, like anything, a challenging experience at times, but just remain like resilient and excited about the world around around you is kind of like jumping in a really deep pool. But I'll just, yeah, be like, let the water rush over you. It's going to be great. That's such a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and your experiences. Bella, Sam, Masdadung from Indonesia. Thank you so much.